We've got a W, baby. Hello, all, and welcome to the 93rd edition of On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast that went for a tapas on Saturday night to celebrate. Uh, I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for the Athletic, and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, who'd Adam, who'd Adam and Eded it? Oh, that is terrible. Uh, worst joke ever. No, not that one. Uh, we should have known to Mark Bowen. And here's to 4 4 fudging too. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are Norwich number one chief uh, at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Good evening, Michael. And joining us this evening, along come Norwich superstar and Barclay flag purveyor, Maddie McKenzie. Hi, Michael, and hi, Steve. Hi, Maddie. <laughs> oh, that's, that's beautifully that's nice. done. Yes, Can we can... all say, yeah, I think we should start doing that. Should we all just say hello to each other? I, f- I feel like that I, was... a nice thing to do. And, and hello to everyone watching, you know. Hello Respect. to everyone watching and to everyone listening as well. I, I'm pretty sure the day-to-day started off with that kind of a sketch and I'm, I'm all up for that in that case where we spend the first five minutes of the pod um, saying hello to each other. But of course, maybe that's less relevant when we've got a victory to talk about. So we've got to get, you know, we've got to get going onto, onto that, of course. But uh, Steve, how are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely buzzing, to be honest. <laughs> like, just, it, it, I mean, I know it's our third win, but it felt... Like the first two felt like they were kind of tied up with all the management stuff, with all it being Farker's last game and Smith's first game. This just feels like we're savouring a win. So yeah, I've actually like Saturday properly put me in a good mood after that. Um, and then obviously your brilliant intro, like so many things to talk about there, but not enough time, like you say. Just, <laughs> I, I, I don't just even try, know where to start. Let me just try again. Who did Adam and E did it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know it, what I'm trying to say there, but it's it was poor execution, isn't it? Got off to a shaky start, um, you know, like Everton on Saturday, but then I think you pulled it back with the Mark Bowen gag. I like that one. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I mean, the good thing about the podcast next week when you'll be hosting is that the intro will be significantly better because uh, you write far better <laughs> intros than me. And um, I can redo it Maddie, if it all goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, that as well. That's very true. Um, Maddie, how are you? Welcome to the pod again. Second appearance, I think. Um, yeah, second no? one. Well, I yes. admire Steve for, you know, supporting you and backing you up on your intro. I, I'm not going to say the same thing, but, you know, nice try. It was <laughs> it was entertaining. I don't know. You try and ask people how they are and they just come back with criticism. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. We can take it. We can take it. Well, it's lovely to it's got to be done. Um, it's lovely to have you both on. Uh, you know, we're, we're all so, so excited because, you know, it's a victory. How often do we get to speak to a victory, uh, speak about a victory? So I'll tell you what, let's crack on immediately with our headline act sting. Sting means segment. And this segment is, of course, talking about two Premier League games that have taken place since the last podcast. And not only two Premier League games, three points. That is officially, if my maths is correct, more points than games, uh, which is a, a remarkable thing. I don't think we've been able to say that very often in the past six years, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> honest. Um, it didn't start, um, you know, so well, maybe at West Ham, where Norwich lost 2-0, of course, thanks to two Gerard Bowen goals. Um, but wasn't so bad i think as a 90 minutes it was just like yeah just not as good as west ham and you know maybe leeds have shown that they are better than west ham but anyway doesn't matter because then norwich followed up that 
tentative bright spark with a victory. Three points against Everton at Carrow Road. Uh, and I think everyone who was there thoroughly enjoyed themselves on Saturday afternoon. What, what Steve, have we learned about Norwich in this past week? Um, wow, that's a that's a tough question to start. I think we've I think we've learned a lot. I think I think we've learned that there is a system there that um, that that we can succeed with, which I think we've probably struggled to find one all season. So maybe now we have one. Possibly. Um, I was trying to think of the last time we played a good night, like before the Everton game. I was trying to think of the last time we played a good ninety minutes of football in the Premier League, like a proper good performance first half second half i couldn't think of anything since like the leicester one nil from um two years ago i don't really think we've had one this season i think this this saturday was our best performance of the season for me albeit against an everton team who looked dreadful uh, you know we'll probably talk more about them but they were set up completely wrong and obviously we got that stroke of luck which i think we've been waiting for for a while with the own goal um and then there were some really excellent individual performances as well and again you know, I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but um, Adam Eda was uh, was really, really good. Like, I, I can't think of a better individual performance from any Norwich City player this season over 90 minutes. I thought he was absolutely fantastic on Saturday, everything he did. Um, and we got the joy of the, the like, the, the second goal was um, probably my favourite moment of the season so far. I think just the... The sheer release of that, like the first goal was a bit of a surprise, but the second goal, the kind of the the, the way that Williams drove in to the Everton half and kind of the, the lead up to it, the, the fact that he looked like he kind of missed the chance, then it went in and, the, and it coming so soon after the first goal, just kind of reminded you of what Premier League football can be like. It was almost not quite at the same level, but when we went 2-0 up against Manchester City two years ago and just that feeling of, hang on a minute, we might actually win this game. There's, there's a genuine chance. We haven't just scored once. We've scored twice with two up. We might actually win. Um, and they did really well to hold on as well. So I think, yeah, best performance of the season, best individual performance of the season and best moment of the season for me. Saturday was an absolute joy. Um, and I haven't touched on the West Ham game at all. Uh, and I don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, I, I mean, it, you know, you could argue it does take Norwich two goals to win a Premier League game, but they're, they're 100%. Whenever they've been ahead, Maddie, they've won a game. It's all it needs, isn't it? Just to yeah, take the lead. Yeah, who how many goals it takes them? They did it. You know, frankly, I couldn't care about anything else as long as we come away from the three points and, you know, we get the joy of, yes, sir, I can boogie replacing Park Life as our win celebration music. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I completely agree with what Steve says about that second goal. The first one, there was a moment where... If you look on the City view and you look back at the footage, I mean, I'm in the Barclay and everyone's just sort of stood around like, what do we do now? And I think the players had a moment of it as well, where they're like, where do I run to? What do I do? Has it gone in? You know, are we okay? Is it is it fine? And once once we realised, I mean, personally, I just stood there like that for a good 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do now. I don't know. What, what do we do? And then, yeah, for the second one, you couldn't hear the goal music. I mean, I love that goal music. You know, it's like a Pavlovian reaction to hearing it. It's fantastic. But you couldn't hear it. We were losing our minds that much. And it was just so good for Ida, you know, a kid who's really, you know, he's, he's tried over the last couple of seasons and at times you've wondered, is it ever going to come good for him? And over the last couple of games, it looks like Dean Smith has found something in him or he's found something in himself or the formation. And, you know, he's finally cracking on. So just, I think it was a release for him as much as it was a release for us because, you know, we've got the personal story of we've just watched our team have a torrid December, but it's it's a combination of what he's been working for for the last couple of years. So 
that was the best atmosphere at Carrow Road I can remember for the last couple of years, probably since yeah the Man City game. It was just it was just brilliant. I mean, it's worth underlining the point Norwich have won um, as many home games under Dean Smith now as they did in their final 21 home games at Premier League level under Daniel Farker, I think, uh, if I've remembered what I wrote down, <laughs> probably in my piece on The Athletic. Um, we should spend a little time talking about Adamida right now, I think, and just maybe bounce off each other because what, what where has this come from? That's obviously the big question. I mean, Dean Smith said he'd seen a bit of improvement in training, which is great. I look at the fact that he's playing in a in a... In a, in a partnership, which is something he did a lot coming up through the academy. So I, I feel like maybe there's a comfort in that position. But I th- the thing that gets me, Steve, is it seems to be, um, you know, the kind of the missing link in a way because it, it just means that Norwich look more uh, dynamic going forwards. It seems to free Temu Puki up a bit. It takes some of the goal-scoring burden, if there was any, on Josh Sargent, and he can concentrate on the, maybe the dynamic elements of the game that are a strength for him and for Norwich at the moment. And and then you've got Milo Rashidso, who in that kind of a, of, a, of a four can have a real impact. You know, he's doing what we would hope he would do. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously not just all down to Adam either, but but just the way he's going about things seems like a, like a huge uh, impact on things. Yeah, um, I mean, I've already said I thought he was absolutely fantastic on Saturday. Um, I, I think I, I guess we shouldn't expect him to be that good every single week, and he's not—he's not, he's not going to be. Um, he's probably not going to get as easy a ride from centre halves as, as he got. You know, he basically bullied Michael Keane, and I don't think he'll always find it that easy. Um, but yeah, it, apart from obviously the three points themselves, the, the biggest positive for me was that oh, hang on, this is like an extra weapon we've got in our side now. Um, I'm kind of surprised at the the level of I suppose I'm surprised at how surprised people are um because <laughs> it's he this is only his ninth start for Norwich so he, you know I, I know this is his 51st game but you know even I haven't bothered to check the numbers on this but I think if you actually boiled down the number of minutes he's played it's probably not that many and the chances he has had have been in cups so with players around him that are not of great quality or I'm trying to think of other games he's featured in, but like Manchester United away, where he never really had any chance. And also he's kind of been as a replacement for Pukki, which he's just not that kind of centre-forward. So um, I've seen people kind of before Saturday, um, not necessarily writing him off, but but perhaps getting a bit more down on him than he deserves, because I don't think he has had a chance, not properly. Um, And, you know, he's an Ireland international. He's got quite a lot of caps for Ireland. Farker you know, probably didn't give him as much of a chance as he could have had, but obviously rated him and so does Dean Smith. So there's definitely a player in there and I'm really excited to see what he can do for the next 17 games. Yeah, or years, maybe. Let's just go completely (laughs) over the top. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there's a good point there as well that a lot of those performances came with him playing in a sort of a wider role, which I don't think he's ever... He's looked like he could do something there for a short stint, Maddie, but it never really looked like his natural position that he could play off the wing and come come in and do stuff like that. So I don't think we ever really saw that. And I I agree with Steve. I've always felt like there's a player there. The problem was that he just missed out on a lot of development over the last 12 months because of last season, you know, it was absolutely ideal for him to have proven a point and he just didn't get the chance to injury and, and, and all sorts of various reasons. I mean, he still scored at the end and scored at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, but it always felt like there was a player there. So um, I suppose maybe it's just taken him the first half of the season to get that out of his system because it, it, it's been quite stark, the performance level there has been in these two games, I think. 
Yeah, you're right. He's He's been stop-start, and obviously you have to take that into account. But I think what you've both been saying about the formation is right. He's much more used to this, this setup of bouncing off players, which he had in the youth system. And it shows that he's being more the player that we saw in the youth setup than perhaps the Eda we've seen, you know, maybe for the Republic of Ireland. I've watched him a few times for Ireland, and I've thought his movement's not been fantastic for Ireland, and sometimes he gets caught out positionally. But when he's in that pair or and he was sort of working in a triad with Sergeant and Pukiam at the weekend and I think that is really strong for him I mean he just seems to have that understanding with Puki and with Sergeant and I think he was making Sergeant a better player at the weekend as well because as you say he's taking the burden off of him and Josh Sergeant is one of those people who looks so so low on confidence at the moment so if he can help out another striker rather than perhaps halving the goal burden between him and Pookie, that can only be good for him. Uh, I was quite surprised by how it affected Pookie's performance. I wasn't too impressed with him at the weekend. I thought he was a bit stuttery and a bit slow to take his chances, but Ida, I think, will help fire the two of them on if he can play in that triad. I mean, I was surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised that Dean Smith went with players who are essentially strikers and he picked three of them in his starting 11 and you know I think you said it's a case of well if we don't score goals now with this setup you know when are we going to this is a case of all our attack we have to score but it worked so much better than I thought it would so maybe we finally tapped into how Adam Eder can work in a team in the Premier League and yeah I mean obviously we can't expect him to score week in week out because you know even Mo Salah doesn't do that but if we can keep on finding out his best formation and, you know, whether he's best at playing off the shoulder or whether he's best in a partnership or a three, you know, I think, I think finally we're starting to see his potential come through and that that can only be a good thing for him and for us. There's no doubt that Dean Smith is enjoying working with him and sees something in him because he's sort of picking up on the fact that he's seeing that improvement and, and that they're still figuring out how to get the best from him. So I think that's, that's exciting in itself and, and something obviously Dean Smith enjoys doing. Um, so that all bodes well. Uh, I suppose the wider then discussion off the back of Adam is um, (laughs) the amount of times that managers come up with a formation through necessity or a plan through necessity because they're forced into that cul-de-sac and then it works. And it's like, well, you're a genius. You've done that. And, uh, you know, Dean Smith is playing 4-4-2, Steve, because he has got barely no, barely any uh, central midfielders at the moment. But, uh, I mean, the fact they lost at West Ham 2-0, both those goals, I don't wouldn't have really said either it came down to the um, formation or that the way Norwich was set up or the protection that, that the midfield was giving. And there did seem a nice balance between Jakob Sorensen and uh, Pierre-Les Malou on Saturday. But I suppose it does bode the question how bad were Everton. They did also play a 4-4-2. Um, they did seem pretty... I mean, there's not many teams I watch and Norwich look physically more capable than the opposition, but mm-hmm. they, they really did. And I suppose we could all be thankful that Richarlison didn't start the game because he, he kind of threatened to change the dynamic of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth there, really. I, I you know, I, I do rate Benitez as a manager, but I've, I have no idea what that setup was about. I mean, <laughs> like, you, you know, like he, he must have known we were going to set up 4-4-2, right? So surely you pack the midfield and try and play us through midfield. And the other thing is like, you know, the the, the centre forwards or the attacking players that um, our defence have struggled with generally have either got pace or kind of quite tricky players. As you look at Bowen on, on Wednesday night, um, and he just took two lumps up there. I think Calvert-Lewin had about, 
think he had something like 16 touches the whole game. He was barely barely involved mm-hmm. and Rondon is of a similar stature. So I have no idea why they kind of matched us up like for like. Had they played, um, and I know they're not awash with players at the moment either, they've got injury issues, but I really, I, you know, to, to, to play 4-4-2 against us seemed like a massive, massive misstep to me. And I think when they brought Richarlison, he went out wide on the left and I think they'd looked better at that point. Um so for that reason, I am slightly reluctant to get too carried away with the system because I would like to see how we get on against Watford, who will play 4-3-3 um, and where we will be outnumbered in midfield and see what we do there. Maybe Eda might drop a little bit deeper for that game. Um, but I mean, for, for what it was, I thought we did excellently. And I think it's no coincidence, you know, I mean, Maddie's, Maddie's definitely going to talk Lungi. So I, I will um, I will kind of let her do that. I'll give her the stage for that. But I, do, I don't think it's a coincidence that... Um, we looked a lot more assured uh, in midfield with, I suppose, with the exception of Norman, probably our two most combative centre midfielders um, who are more concerned with stopping the opposition playing than sort of starting attacks themselves. Well, I mean, I have been I have been saying I thought that was Jakob's best midfield performance in a Norwich on Saturday. And, and Les Malou's. Probably, yeah. Well, yeah. Why not? What do you reckon, <laughs> Maddie? <laughs> I'm trying to keep the smile off my face, but I can't help it. I know you've been um, somewhat critical of him in midfield and have suggested that he might be better at centre-back. And to be honest, you know, my assessment of him this season, I'd agree. I mean, he's played centre-back at international level and he has looked more comfortable there this season. He's sort of, he sometimes looked out of his depth in midfield and a bit, you know, almost slow or sluggish to react. But... Oh, he, that was him on Saturday. That was what I wanted to see from him. And he, he worked so well with Les Malou, who I wasn't expecting too much of because he'd had some pretty poor performances in the last few games. But the two of them just seemed to work so well together. You know, if if that, that was a lineup built by necessities, you say, you know, we've lost Gilmore, we've lost McLean, we've lost Norman, we've lost Rupp. So those two have to come into midfield. You know, he had no choice. But I think those were two players who were playing for their position in the starting 11 and I, I can't have any complaints with their performances I mean Lungi was topping the stats charts you know most tackles loads of interceptions so yeah I'm glad that everyone's finally seen the player in him that I know who he is and I will I can only apologize for the amount of Sirenson questions that are going to come in the chat because you know <laughs> that is my niche and I know Terry's about trying to trying to goad me into talking about him as much as possible so it's, it's not the lungy podcast but i'll try my best to talk about other things but if you get me going you know i, I can't apologize maybe you could start one though you could start your own lungy podcast there might be a, there might be a market for that no, because i'd just go on for hours i'd, I'd, I'd kill off any subscribers that i started with you need like guests <laughs> Japod lungy sorensen there you go it's all there for you or J- jacob lungy poddenson it's, it's all oh, there for you, really, Maddie. Michael, no. We, 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 we might not mention him again tonight, you know, after after that. But um, I mean, I would say on Pierre, Pierre, Pierre's an interesting player because there's so much of him that I like and it just so often doesn't seem to quite work. And so it was really nice to see him sort of knit it all together because I think there is a lot to like there about what, what he's got. But again, go to Watford, powerful, strong midfield because they ran through Norwich quite a bit um, at Carroll Road. It's going to be really interesting how they deal with it. But we'll talk about Watford uh, in a bit, of course. Um, one thing we should definitely flag up at West Ham was Max Aaron's 150th appearance. He's on 151 now, obviously. And I think Max has been uh, has been playing pretty well recently. Uh, it did pick up an injury. Um, it looked really bad, to be honest. He had to be carried mm. off and then he had crutches and a boot on uh, on the pitch at the full-time whistle. But I did see him walk off. 
um, without any crutches and I think without a boot. He just was sort of limping a bit, but he, he seemed okay. So they, I think they're quite hopeful about that one. And Dean Smith was quite hopeful about Brandon Williams as well. Um, he was a bit concerned about Tim Krull, which would probably be a bit of a concern for everyone if he wasn't available for And that, that by the way, was a fantastic bit of goal and brave bit of goalkeeping because that was at the very end of the game, wasn't it, mm. where he, I don't know if he grabbed it and I think was knocked over and it was an obvious foul, but it was one of those where we were under the cosh and he kind of came for it and put his body on the line. So um, it would be a shame to miss him on, on the basis of that. But I guess if it helped preserve two points, then probably worth it. Fair point. It was uh, right just, in front of me. We all thought he was he was messing about because you know what he's like when he goes down. <laughs> you know, just, he just lays there and it's sort of you could feel the tension as everyone's like, "Oh, look at his face." <laughs> he's he's not happy. Funny. He, so he, there was a hot moment where we're like, "Oh." <laughs> um, and and we'd been doing that all half, really, haven't we? That was another thing actually. Is that there was a lot of. Um, I can't say the word, can I? But there was a lot of the dark arts um, in that second half, which we don't often show enough of. And I think we properly, we were rewarded with seven minutes of injury time, which was not ideal. But, uh, you know, I I think we broke the game up really well and that definitely helped. Which which ended up as 10, by the way. So I I look forward to the next time Norwich, um, you know, are chasing a game and the opposition are winding down the clock. I look forward to Norris getting 10 minutes of added time to find an equaliser at the end of it. It'll be really exciting. Um, just a, a, a quick question. If Cruel was out, would you would it still be Angus Gunn that you'd start with? Yeah, I think so. But uh, uh, Michael McGovern being the other option? Yeah. Yeah, I would go it with Angus. Angus, isn't it? Yeah. Angus, okay. I, th- it. I, don't, I don't think you can spend, was it five million on a goalkeeper in the summer and then um, kind of get rid of him after, I don't know how many games he's played, but then after that, say... Sorry, your third choice now. I think it deserves more, <laughs> more of a chance. Buck your ideas up. Um, I mean, I did say, I think last week, um, has a team ever ever improved their form thanks to a cup win? But, you know, ultimately maybe Norwich have done it. that. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is the this is the time. Um, there is a piece on The Athletic that I wrote um, from the weekend, which did touch on, I mean, we'll, as I said, we'll get on to Watford, but did touch on the home form being crucial to Norwich staying up. Um and I, you know, I think I found, I think I found the games. I think I found the home game. I'm just going to look through my program. I think so, I found the home games. Newcastle, Burnley, yeah, yeah. Brentford, six points in it. Brentford, yeah, they're safe. What have they got to play for? Yep. So that's nine points. That's nine uh, points. Already. Okay, I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling now. Um, Palace. Well, Palace, yeah, coming up on the eighth of February. So quite soon. So. Yeah, Man City. I mean, we normally get three points. Man City, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, obviously, all of this means we have we have to win at Watford. Obviously, so that would be three wins on the trot. Maybe a draw against Man City. Uh, but you know, there we go. If anyone wants a route to survival, I've just plotted it. And you know, West Ham might be tired by the time they come to Gower Road, and and who knows what situation Spurs will be in. They won't have anything. This is to very for. England picking the easy route in the World Cup. So I think, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Liverpool away—that's going to be tricky. But you know, there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no easy games in the Premier League. So, but we um, are going to win all our home games from now on. Is that what you're saying? Pre- well, I think a draw. I think what I've said is a draw against Manchester City. Yeah. I think if we keep <laughs> Chelsea down to three, we'd probably be no, alright. About Chelsea, yeah. But I think, um, I think we'll probably win the others by two. Why not? Why not? And you know, yeah. and then we'll 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 we'll, oh. we'll be fine. It'll be uh, away we go, right? It's not that it's how, gone to my head. How many points do you think we're going to need? Like, I, I was trying to work out. I mean, I, I've sort of been not letting my 
myself get my hopes up you know what i mean i just want to enjoy this win in isolation um and then what happens on friday happens but i'm starting to think maybe if we can get to like 34 will that be enough i mean that's my connection that's got a bit stuck there. <laughs> as many points we got under farker's season again isn't it what, yeah 21 points away from that yeah yeah, but that feels like what we need. Yeah, sorry, my question, Michael, is will 34 points be enough? And Maddie says, yeah, that's that's what we got in the Farker season. It was 21, and that's what we'll need from now to the end of the season. So um, at the end of match of the day two on Sunday, they played a montage of the great escapes, but they also, I think, tied that in around it probably being a historically low points tally to stay up. And I think the low, I think the lowest was 34 points in that so um uh i don't i which i think was was maybe west brom when norwich i think it was blew yeah. it against fulham yeah so um so you know that you know maybe i mean essentially if, if norwich can pick up uh six more wins then we're well don't laugh don't laugh man <laughs> easy ask easy six ask. more wins well i've already picked out five. i mean what more do they want i've told them which games to win it's all about focusing on the game so yeah i, I guess Let's get to 30 points with a game or two left, eh? And then away we go. Straightforward. All we need to do is win at Fulham on the last day of the season. (laughs) And we'll be fine. Um, Right. In that case, uh, I was uh, going to ask about the midfield, but maybe we won't do that because we know Maddie's going to want to play Jakob and that's that really. So uh, we'll we'll see when all the other guys come back. But there should be a few players back by the uh, time Norwich do play Palace. so that will be fun to uh, to see. Uh, in that case, I reckon we move um, things on to a little bit of this one. Yes, this is where the podders each get a window to bring up an issue they're struggling to let go. If they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, then the buzzer will sound. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, Is that a part of the buzzer? Uh, You're going to cough after it as well. <laughs> And it's time to let go. I've been in my room and my my my, uh, my throat's got a bit tickly. So there we go. Uh, and, and when the buzzer sounds, it will be time to let go unless you just want to carry on, which is fine. Um, Steve, do you want to go first this week? Uh, yeah, okay. I don't normally go first. I think I know what I want to talk about. So yeah, before Maddie can gets the chance to steal it, let's, let's, get, <laughs> let's get in there. In that case, um, crack on, I reckon. Okay. Uh, the thing I want to get off my chest is the ludicrous postponement of games that's been allowed to happen by the Premier League that is being royally exploited by some teams who will uh, go unmentioned, but we know who they are. Um, I see that Burnley Watford is in doubt tomorrow night, which would be highly frustrating. I know Burnley have few players available, but it, it's just it's the, the excuse laden culture that we're in in the Premier League at the moment where, you know, if you can field 11, I think you should you should go for it. And it also makes me think we didn't take advantage of it when we had the chance earlier in the season before Christmas. I think the Villa game it yes, was just at the, the start of the it was just at the start of the postponements, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. I just think it was probably harder to get a game postponed at that point. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and hey, and it was us. Yeah, the yeah. Do you think we just sort of went? We we wouldn't mind having it off. No, I think, you know, they, they say it, they say no once, and we say that's okay. That's that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. fine. Shouldn't have asked. Really, shouldn't have asked. Sorry. sorry. Uh, word has it, um, it took the Premier League a long time to get back to Norwich when they. Um, 
picked up the phone to ask the game to be called okay. off. For As in, by, by which time the game had already been played. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. sorry, we missed your call. I hope the game went well. <laughs> uh, we probably wouldn't have let you postpone anyway. Um, great shout, Steve. I, the only thing is, you know, they're going to have to play the games at some point. And I think I, if I was the Premier League, I would probably start imposing on the games being played in a you know at the first available opportunity and screw it but i think i think um, they should just i think they should just play them like clubs have got youth teams and i just think every you know everyone's going to be affected by covid at some point and it's just bad luck but it seems you know it's the same with var now you're not allowed to have bad luck it's like that if there's an excuse to be had we have to eradicate that excuse everything has to be fair well you know it's not going to be fair um and it well and taking it back to norwich it just means that what would have been a difficult fixture for Watford to prepare for on Tuesday, they may now not have. Um, and that kind of advantage we would have had has now been lost. So that's unfortunate. Potentially. Although, is the game actually off yet? No, but Burnley have so, to be off. So yeah. I'm, I'm just not I'm getting yet, my moan in early. The, the interesting thing is, is what? It's going to be. I mean, it has it to be. be. It's, it's Norwich luck. <laughs> oh, maybe. But the thing is, Watford are surely sitting there going, well... Uh, which game are we preparing for? I mean, at this rate, they're going to still end up going up. To, and they might be up there now, presumably, because they're going to they need to be in Berlin. They don't have to agree to it, do they? It's just if the Premier League, because Spurs weren't happy when Arsenal... No, it's just the Premier, it's the Premier League's decision. So mm. at the moment, if the Premier League haven't said it's off, then presumably right now, both teams have to prepare as if it's on. Yeah, because... if they travel and don't play, that's still pretty good for us. That's still so I, I don't think... Still, they're still doing their pretty much prep, so it could and... be worse. And yeah. as Everton, as Everton proved on Saturday, the fact you've had a full week to prepare for a game can really mean nothing <laughs> over a team that played in midweek. Um, right. So that's good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all about the positivity. There's, for two weeks yeah, yeah. on the trot, absolutely flying. Um, Maddie, would you like a go? Yeah, easy one for me. Okay, well, um, when you're ready, away you go. Okay, our number 19, it is Jakob, not Jacob, because he's Danish. It's Sørensen, not Sorensen, because again, Ooh. he's Danish. And Sørensen is spelt with a line through the O. It would be like spelling Maddie, M-E-D-D-I-E, and pronouncing it Medi. It's not the same letter. It's not just It's not just you've forgotten the line. It makes it a different letter. So it's Jakob Lungi Sørensen. You sort of don't pronounce the O, you don't pronounce the R as hard, but you know I understand that for native English speakers, it's a bit difficult, but you can put the line through the O because that's his name. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't notice Sørensen. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that... I've got the it... advantage that my mum speaks Danish. So uh, when I have I mean... questions, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's Sørensen. So, I mean, you could, you could get away with sort of Sørensen, but yeah, he doesn't go for the hard R. But I can imagine it being like a Max Aaron situation, and you know that it's Max Aaron's, but Max just goes, "No, it's fine." You know, I, I, it's 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 Aaron's. It's fine. I'm not going to correct you. I can see Lungi being the type of guy who goes, "You can call me Jacob. It's okay. I'm not, <laughs> not going to kick up a fuss." I'm definitely Jacob. Um, I've never really included the word Lungi because it just seems like a word too many. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and I, you know, I like to think maybe people assume and know that I'm someone who's a strict purveyor in correct pronunciations from you know years of being butchered for saying Alec, and uh, probably the first person in England to say Temu Puki. Um, but I don't know if I can adjust to Sernson. <laughs> One of the um, it might have been Charlton. I can't remember if it was Charlton or West Ham, but on a, a particular commentary that I was watching. They were calling him Sørensen, and I thought, oh, that's new. And normally when a commentator goes for, well, we'll have to ask Stu about this, but when they go for a slightly, you know, a new sounding version of a name that you think, I haven't heard that 
it pronounced that way before, they're usually right. Like Greg Downs was with Max Aaron's. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he was he right all knew. along. He just knew. changed I'm pretty, I remember, I'm pretty sure Trevor Booking. Trevor, <laughs> but that is an incorrect pronunciation. Difficult name to pronounce. Trevor Brooking yeah, um, once went on Match of the Day and started um, pronouncing Teddy Sheringham completely differently. Mm. And, um, and that's why well, that's just Sheringham, surely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. No, I can get my head around this. Uh, Jakob Sernsen. Jakob Sernsen. Sernsen. Yeah. Sernsen. You get your mouth around it, really. I think that's Sernsen. Oh, I, you know, without, you know what I'm like. I love I, without We're going to be practicing now in the mirror. Sernson, oh, Sernson. Yeah. I'm a professional. Um, I, I was speaking to um, a former Norwich player who was uh, doing some media duties recently and he wanted to check how to pronounce Milot Hrishitsa. So I sort of I spelt it and like it's an H, I would say an H and then an R and then an I and then an SH and then an E and then a, a T and S and an A, Hrasitsa. So he was coming back going, all right, Hrasitsa. I was like, well, that, I wouldn't, you know, do that on live um, radio or telly because, you know, that's probably going to go viral. But, you know, so it's, it's a minefield, really. But, um, okay, Jakob Sernsen. I'm all over yeah. it. Brilliant. There we go. Learned something new every day. Um, I'm so much better for that now. <laughs> Get it off. No, my that's really good. Um, and I think you were going to, you were going to, because you were going to call me up on that, weren't you? Um, yeah, you never spell his name right. It, it does my head in every time. You know, Norwich have sort of started doing it right because on their graphics, they always used to spell it without the line. And now that he's starting, they get it right. They don't do it when they actually talk about him, but in the graphics, they do. And yeah, I mean, in your athletic article, which was obviously brilliant, not only did you spell it without the line, you spell it son instead of sen. And I know, I know oh, that. Oh, no, that's just a spelling mistake. This, like, <laughs> but this is so petty, you know, get a life. But <laughs> as someone whose name is always spelled incorrectly, I feel, I feel a kinship with him over this. You know, well, it, it does my head in, but I, I imagine it doesn't bother him. But I'm bothered on his behalf. The uh, the first thing I'm going to do after this podcast is go through the piece from Monday and make sure that Sorensen <laughs> is corrected so it has an E. Um, but what I would say, um, I, I've been scarred by the athletic a little bit because when I went to Finland after he scored his hat trick, um, uh, Temu Puki and went and uh, spoke to people who knew Temu and had had a fun in Finland. It was lovely. Um, I wrote all, all, the whole piece and I because I always loved writing Kimi Kimi Raikkonen because I could stick in all the ooh, umlauts. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and various other bits. Uh, so I did that on every um finish word uh to which the piece was sent back to me going yeah can you take all those out please we only use the english letters so um so there we go <laughs> and I, that would take me a great amount of time because you had to find the special characters so that's why uh sorenson's got a normal o in it uh, or sorenson sorenson um yeah. it's your overlords it's not you yeah it was yeah um <laughs> and i you know i used to do that quite a lot but um in 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 as a trade, I will now say Sernson for forevermore. How about that? What that about fair you trade? When you tweet the line up. Okay, well, I didn't realise we were actually going to negotiate. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I okay, I yeah, I will. I will look for that. The only problem is then are there other ones where I also need to do it? Like, do I need to find a different C for Rashitza? Uh, maybe um, we should have this conversation later yeah i feel um, like we're getting into the weeds we get a little bit now um, is, everyone is loving this i'm sure i um, i reckon you'll lapse into Sorensen again before the end of this pod how but, dare uh, you I'm, hey how i'm just dare i'm making a prediction that, that's you know, all so well. <clears throat> it took me it took me two podcasts to get errands so you've got to give me one podcast and then and then we'll be all over Sorensen. um which i will say <laughs> repeatedly um things we are not going to talk about if i may um 
the world's worst joke. Now, this was on, and I've assumed it was the world's worst joke. This was on Match of the Day on Saturday because I think Gary Lineker tried to make an either pronunciation joke. So we are stuck on this. He was trying to link Adam <laughs> Eder to whether you pronounce the word either, as in E-I-T-H-E-I-E-R, whether you pronounce it either or either. So he was trying to make a joke that it either, either, I don't know. And uh, everyone just thought that none of them knew how to pronounce his name. Um that's what I've assumed it was. Um, can I, can I yes. be honest? Yes. I, I quite liked it. <laughs> Did you like it? I thought it was quite good. It was really? I'd never, I'd never heard it before. Like I thought, oh, I'm surprised no one's ever met. I've never heard that joke before. But um, I just had such oh, a large reaction to it. I, thought it was, I mean, what, I, I what suppose if actual... Michael Richards is sitting there and laughs, you know, he'll laugh at anything <laughs> like it's hilarious. So that helped. But <laughs> what well, was I the, didn't Hang on. It. Okay. So what was the actual joke then? As in how he delivered it? It's, oh, I don't know. I'm good. I'll get it horrendously wrong. But it was something like um, Adam Ida. Is it Ida? Is it Ida or Ida? Um, Ida Ida. It was something like it was something like that. But yeah, he okay. he no, did that's... mean it like as yeah, a yeah. joke. It wasn't. He, he didn't did. know the name, right? I, I'm still struggling to find that funny, but that's okay. Everyone's sense of humour is different. <laughs> hey, we're um, easily pleased. As <laughs> Wetness Jones says in the comments, Gary Lineker makes that joke and the BBC gets defunded the next day. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he got called we're out the by dogs. the club's the club's Twitter, didn't he? Um, uh, <laughs> allegedly. Um, oh, anyway, gosh. there we go. I, it was it was it was it was amusing. Um, uh, Arnel Hernandez, he's now at Birmingham, having been at Middlesbrough. So I guess he's not going to be recalled. <laughs> so we can end that, mm. end that conversation. Um, Daniel Farker is now the head coach or manager. I haven't checked his exact uh, job title at Krasnodar. Anyone excited about that? Yeah. I'd that like, I'd, yeah, I'd, that was my, my initial reaction was it feels weird because we've never seen him with anyone else. So yeah, it's like, it's like he's finally moved on. <laughs> It, it yeah. was different when he didn't have a job and now he's got a job and, you know, he's going to start saying, oh, my heart bleeds green and black. And, you know, I, I, I feel like not. I'm a real bull. When he starts doing that, I'm, I'll be gone. You know, I'm still hung uh, up. You are all happy to move on yourselves just as long as he didn't. Yep. Understood. Exactly. That's grand. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> we well could be said. happy, but I want him to wallow. Um, <laughs> Michael, uh, Tom Keynes in the comments oh, has asked, any yes. City players you could see going to Krasnodar? 8.15pm uh, if you would like to get it up. It's oh, uh, it? right at the top. Uh, um, but yes, any City players, or I suppose maybe not necessarily City players, but perhaps uh, former City players as well who might um, end up rocking rocking up there? I don't know. I, I, I guess they'd need quite a big budget. I mean, Krasnodar is not too far from Rostov, <laughs> I noticed. So, um, <laughs> you know, Matthias Norman maybe uh, next summer might might get a gig if Daniel's a big fan. But I would imagine Matthias might want to stay in the Premier League. Um, are, they, are they fifth in the Russian league or finished fifth last season? Or? I think they're in their where they're in their winter break at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. I so, think. but I think I'd heard they Look were fifth. Right. So they're doing pretty well. It, it seems like a good gig for him. Like they've been in um, Europe recently, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, that strikes me as um, strikes me as a a really good move for him to sort of prove himself at a, at a higher level um, in terms of European football and things like mm. that. Um, we're not going to get into the semantics as to where the Russian league stands compared to um, where Norwich are. Um, but yeah, I don't know really. It's a really hard. I mean, I, I, there might be some people in jet, but I mean, I mean, is Moritz Leitner going to suddenly disappear off to Krasnodar? It seems unlikely, <laughs> isn't it? I think of um, all the players he, he might take with him, Leitner's probably not high on the list. 
I always think it's a good it's a good barometer, isn't it, of of who he really rated will be who Krasnodar now get linked with. Because if it's mm. none of them, then he's like, nah, I knew you were good enough for this, for 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 this level. Um, which is which is fair enough, isn't it? I suppose. Um, right, I think I've mopped up everything there. So in that case, I reckon it's probably time for our halftime sting. So we're not going to have any centerfold this week. Um, it's been quite a quiet week, really, which I suppose is probably because there was a midweek game, um, which we've obviously already discussed. So in that case, I reckon we can probably have a little switch across to a little look ahead and a bit of this. This is almost fantasy football. Seeing as we've had a good old go at the postponed games we don't know if Watford are going to play on Tuesday night at Burnley um we'll make for an interesting dynamic if they do ahead of the game on Friday um I mean in terms of what have Norwich got to win this game Maddie is this like literally must win now every time I've said it's must win this season we've gone out and capitulated after five minutes so I'm not going to put whatever that curse is. I think that's you know, not your fault. It's not your fault that that has happened, Maddie. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and well, I, I appreciate it. I, I needed <laughs> to hear that. But it feels like we've been saying, you know, that these are must-win games since like September. So I, I don't know at what point it really does become must-win or the season is over. But after we finally had the momentum, everyone's been saying for a month, two months, we need a spark. We need some momentum. Now we've had it. We're coming off the back of a cup win and a league win, and we've scored a goal. You know, if we can't then take that momentum and turn it into something positive, at that point, that's when I'd really start to worry. If we take the momentum when we play well and, you know, something goes against us, then we've still got the confidence. If we take the momentum and put in a Crystal Palace-esque performance, then I'd really be thinking we've got no chance here. Because if if you can't capitalise on a result like Everton, then that's probably it for you you know i don't i don't see a point where we could then do something else that would make me think oh we finally got a chance here. it's it's now or never for me for us to turn this momentum into something and that might not happen against watford but i want to see the signs that we're continuing with the confident style of play steve there's still four teams in it regardless of what happens you know be loads of points to play for surely it can't be all over if norwich don't win or lose <laughs> Um, I mean, if they lose, then <laughs> I wouldn't want to say it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's must win, but a little bit like the Newcastle one, that felt like one that got away in the end. I do sort of think that we can't, there aren't going to be that many, you know, there are a lot of games, which I think we are just going to have to say, maybe not a lot, but there are a few games where you just would think, well, there's no chance of that. Watford's, is definitely one that we can win. And unfortunately, on the one hand, great, it's Watford. They're beatable. But on the other hand, oh, it's Watford. And I think we've had our fingers burnt a few times now. Um, my my instinct is to fear the worst just because it's Watford. And I don't know if that's the wrong thing to do. It, you know, it's a, every time it's a new manager and yet it's still the same result. It's five defeats in a row now. So, um, sorry, go on. But this time it's a new manager here, Steve. 
It's it's not well, it's not true. a Daniel Farker issue. It's a, it's, a, it's a Dean Smith. I don't know what his record is against. Uh, they lost Watford. at Watford on the first day of the season, I think. Oh, for goodness' they? sake, they lost three two. Hate to, hate to well, bring that one up. Three seconds. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I always feel like I do this in this section. It's always like, are we going to win? No. Um, but actually, I, I, to to counter um, to counter what Maddie said, I actually because I, I was on the same in the same boat around every must-win game has felt like we've we've just blown it. But I thought Everton was must-win. Um, I, I really thought we had to win that game, and we did. So maybe that's us turning a corner. We will have more confidence. I think we've really got to start well. It, like, I, I I just feel like if it goes on for too long and it's it's nil-nil, then I, I, I don't know. I could feel it slipping away from us. I, I think it would be, if we could get an early goal, that's going to, well, obviously it's going to help out massively but I, I sort of feel like we need it my gut feeling was that Watford were going to lose on Saturday and sack Ranieri before Burnley and and us um, but actually well, presumably if that game does get called which we don't know if it will um, then he'll still be in post and I think that's a good thing because I could have sort of seen them going oh we just need a new manager and them getting the usual bounce but um, yeah what normally happens is they beat us and then lose a couple and then sack their manager because it's like, well, we've beaten Norwich, but we're still rubbish. Um, so, yeah, all in all, in all, I have no idea what's going to happen. This is, uh, I I think the team talk writes itself for, for Friday. Like that group of players have had to deal with even people who, you know, who really, really want them to do well, just thinking none of them are good enough and they're quite clearly going to get relegated. They're going to be live on the telly on a Friday night all the football attention can be on them whoever wants to pay attention to it they've got such an opportunity to go and just shove it up everyone and 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 produce something and they all think they're capable this is the thing every everyone in the club they they they're convinced that they are capable that they can stay up and they've they've got it in them they feel that when they've fallen down and when they've slipped up it's because of personnel certainly since dean smith has taken charge because some of the other issues would have come down to um, shortcomings in the coaching so you know what what an opportunity i'm loving I'm, I'm building up the positivity i'm mean, all about it but what an opportunity for norwich to go and do that and likewise personally i think if they don't win and certainly if they lose i i think they're screwed yeah. <laughs> i think that and we can sit here and go because, because people say it's must win but there's still loads of games afterwards and what have you but just to physically get to a to a position where you need the points, bear in mind that Watford would then be at least four points ahead and could have potentially already beaten Burnley by that point, then it becomes very difficult. Also, a lot of the other teams have got games in hand. I mean, maybe what maybe Everton will get dragged into it, but I find that highly unlikely for a team that's never been relegated from the top flight uh, or the Premier think- League. Yeah, the Premier League. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's three from four. I mean, the other thing is that obviously we're still we're still sweating over a couple of injuries, but Dean Smith's not named an unchanged team yet. He's made so many changes. Mo- you know, a lot of them enforced, obviously. Um, I don't think even with play, uh, Norman's not going to be ready, is he? So I I say pick the same eleven if you can. I don't think there's any need to change that. You know, I know we've talked about tactically, it might need to be a little bit different, but. Um, I think that 11 played so well, there's really no need. And if you can start to get, a, a, you know, part of the problem is we haven't really known our best 11 all season. So if we can pick a similar team, get a decent result, get a decent performance, then that might help start to build a bit of momentum as well, looking a bit further ahead. 4-4 uh, four, four, fudging two for you too, Maddie. 
Yeah, I, I can't see any players who would need to drop out. I can't see anyone on the bench, with the exception of a fully fit Norman, if he were there, who would come in and be able to stake a place. So, I mean, we've got a comment saying, does McLean get back into the team for Friday if available, or would you stick with the same lineup? And I think McLean got a lot of comments on social media over the weekend with a lot of people quite keen to pick up his shortcomings. And at the end of the day, that's a player who's, almost undroppable in the eyes of two different managers. You know, both Daniel Farker and Dean Smith have consistently picked him in the Premier League, which is, you know, obviously they see something in him that perhaps we don't see a lot of the time. But I think, I I don't think you can make the argument that any of those 11 should drop out with, you know, with, except, with the exception of Tim Krull, who might have done his shoulder in. But I can't see how Kenny would improve that 11 against Watford, especially as we're going to need to be more defensive at times. And I think the, the Les Malou-Sernson partnership really worked in that way. So I think if that team specifically has the motivation and the confidence, you drop one of them out after a performance like that and they're going to be asking questions in themselves. So I'm happy with that 11 and I think a lot of Norwich fans would feel the same way. It's um it's interesting with Kenny. He's played every well before Saturday. He played every single minute in the Premier League since uh, Man City away on the second game. Um, so he's been one of the very very few constants in this team. Um, I I'm more of a fan of McLean than most, but um, I think it is interesting that you know you know it's a small sample size of one game. But you take him out and we win, and I I do think that having that more solid midfield massively helped us particularly in the second half so um if it was up to me i i wouldn't have i mean there'll still be a place for him this season and he will still start game season for exactly the reason maddie said he's a really valued player for i think more than what we see on the pitch um but i wouldn't have him back in on friday um it's not just i, yeah, I really liked him in the premier league last time around a lot of people didn't mm. see what he offered the team but i, I thought agree. he was a real linchpin whereas this time around i've been i've been disappointed that I mean, a lot of players haven't been able to live up to the very, very low bar we set that time around. <laughs> but I think Kenny's been one that really surprised me. I expected him to sort of take that experience and and come on and, and do even better this season. But I, I've been a little bit disappointed with his performances. So maybe having that competition, which he hasn't had, because as you say, he's been, you know, he's played all of those minutes. Perhaps having that competition might, might egg him on, might enabled him to raise his game and and show that he can be you know the Premier League player that he was a couple of seasons ago and, and sorry just one more quick thing on McLean I think part of the reason why he starts so often particularly in the Premier League is because of his height and well not necessarily his height but the way he can win balls in the air is quite often used as that aerial focal point um, when we need to go long which we often do against teams that play good press I don't necessarily think with Ida and Sargent in both in the side that we need that anymore so I think that's one of the kind of um weapons of his game I suppose that that is perhaps slightly negated by the the current 11 that we're we're playing I, I mean personally I thought the way Norwich played and they're sort of picking and choosing of when to go a bit longer and a bit more direct and turn Everton around um I didn't miss Kenny and I didn't miss Billy Gilmore at any point mm. I didn't think any point in the 90 minutes that I think Norwich could have done with either of those players in that scenario um and I guess that that's, as we were saying earlier, the challenge for Jakob Sørensen and uh, Pierre Les Malou. Um, Les Malou, by the way. Pierre Les Malou. <laughs> Did you deliberately um, do a sort of comic French accent for that one? No, Les that is, that's how you... That's just French. That's just French, Steve. Pierre Les Malou. Sorry, Les. I got a C in my GCC. Yeah. I don't know what Les I'm talking Malou. about. Pierre Les Malou. 
Thank you very much. You've, you've, you've shown me the way. You've shown me the way. Um, yeah. Well, I uh, hope. Yeah. I hope there's. Um, I hope Hodgie's not listening. That's all I can say. To <laughs> that. Those at, least I, at least I didn't do Billy Gilmore in a Scottish accent. Yeah, quite got to that that point. Oh, please come on. Um, um, but yeah, so um, I can't remember what I was saying, but I'm sure it was a really important point. But it's up to Pierre and Jakob to prove that they can do it against a bigger, stronger, more powerful mm. midfield against Watford, potentially. Let's see how we get on. Um, I mean, at this point, I'd normally ask for a prediction, but I'm not going to do that because that's horrible. We, we've all said what we need to do. So there we go. Um, and we've had some great messages. So let me just check through we, um, um, the ones we maybe missed uh, potentially. Oh, yeah, let's go. B-Dog 5000, Norwich going down. Thanks for your comment, B-Dog. Great effort. Thanks for that. Um uh we should mention st john cooper hey st john hope you're all well uh todd back on the bench we haven't even mentioned that and i feel like it'd be remiss if we didn't mention that yeah um so good to see todd back in the uh, squad and looking um happy at the full-time whistle he was looking very cheerful on the pitch which is nice uh, adam says 100 the same starting 11 for watford terry westgate agrees same 11 for me um alex Everton are due a relegation soon, though. It's a fa- it's a fair point. They have mm. been badly managed for quite a long time. There's always this. one. They're not any. It'll... They're no bigger than Aston Villa, are they? No, but I think I think they will pick up a few wins now that Benitez has gone. Like you could see, there was a bit of quality there. Um, I mean, we ha- yeah, God, we haven't even got into how bad some of those individual performances were. But um, <laughs> just um, just one uh, from eight seventeen, quite early on. Craig Brooks says hello all. If Norwich stay up. Should we sign Brandon Williams for permanent with reports saying United would take 15 mil or at least should we try and get him on loan again? Best left back in a while was immense on Saturday, OTBC. And we haven't really talked about Williams, actually. And I did think um, obviously Edith kind of took the headlines, but um, Williams was really excellent. And um, I think has moved, you know, there was a kind of neck and neck between him and Dimmy for a while, but I think he's moved ahead fairly considerably in the last couple of weeks. Ah, yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, yeah, I guess he has. I, I, feel, I still feel like Dimmy's been a bit hard done by. Mm. Um, well, Byron came on ahead of him as well, didn't he, on uh, yes. Saturday? That's a good point. Um, and then it was Dimmy who put in the block um, yeah. later on, although he admittedly gave, I can't remember whose shot it was, but he gave him a bit too much room before he threw in the block, <laughs> I thought. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Brandon hasn't really played in his proper position yet because he's, in effect, he's a right back. So um, he's having to do it sort of, um, a bit differently. I mean, you know, if Norwich stay up, maybe it's a discussion point. I, I think it'd be a big, dis- big decision for a Manchester lad currently at United to yeah. to, to look somewhere else. I, I just haven't envisaged it being a, a discussion for now. So um, I don't know. But, you know, let's see if he's still playing this well come the end of the season, because if he is, then Norwich are probably going to be in a better position and then they'll probably have to try and find someone else uh, <laughs> left back. Maybe, I don't know, come, come the summer anyway, because that probably sounds like how it's going to go. Um, and I think we're done then, aren't we for comments? I think that's probably it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wait, can we look at Toby Mills's comment from nine minutes past nine? I think yes, that's an important, I think <laughs> that's an important <laughs> deal with Michael. Uh, Michael, this one? Yes. If we win on Friday, will you say Billy Gilmore and Kelly McLean in a Scottish accent every time you say their name next pod? <laughs> uh, You're not actually on next pod, so there's a little get No, that's true. But I, if so, if, if we beat Watford in Watford, will I say Billy Gilmore and Kelly McLean in a Scottish accent every time I say them 
next pod. Yes, absolutely. That is 100% right up my street. Uh, Steve, you can hold me to that because I will forget. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm well up for that. I'm uh, almost tempted to do it now, but I want Norwich to win a game, uh, win the game. Not a game anymore. Win the game at Watford uh, before I do it. All right, then. On that note, um, and that exciting prospect, mm. uh, I reckon I reckon we're done for the 93rd edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that lives for a Friday night in Watford. Uh, if you're yet to do so, please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. Uh, the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And, uh, and we also, of course, are streaming the podcast live, as you now know, on your preferred social media platform, I'm sure, unless it's Twitch. Um, make sure that you are subscribed um, to the audio version because next week we won't be recording it live. Um, so it will just be the audio version. If you don't want to miss it, make sure that you are subscribed to the On The Ball podcast on Spotify, Apple, or whatever other ones there are. Uh, reviews and ratings are always um, uh, hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, then sling me a direct message on Twitter, at Michael J. Bailey is the handle. Uh, a big thank you to our wonderful guests this evening. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michael. That was brilliant. Scottish wow. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. a high bar. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to sound well, really yeah. offensive. You sounded Scottish. I'm just going to be offensive. Not deliberately. That's oh dear. <laughs> All the Let's... more reason to tune in, folks. Yeah, yeah. Really want those three points. Really oh, do. Wow. Let's hope Steve forgets. Uh, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I, I can't believe I have to follow Steve's sign off now because. No, there's no way I'm attempting an accent. You know, it'll pra <laughs> practically be a hate crime. So Danish. Yeah, I was going to say that. Can you sign off in Danish? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'd like to get my mum in, you know, she'd be well up for it, but no. Surely not. all you have to say is Jakob Sørensen and then you're away. Yeah, I'm, I'm, people would be happy with that. So, yeah, Jakob Sørensen, give him a cheer for me next time you're at Cow Road. Love it. Um, that's wonderful. It's been brilliant having you on, Maddie. I hope we get to do it again. Um, we will be back next week for a fresh bout of Canary's Capers in another On The Ball podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear. There we go. Um, Steve Maddy, all you Twitterkers out there, welcome to Wits End. Uh, if any of you have stumbled across this uh, for the first time and are wondering what on earth is going on and why the pod hasn't finished, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. That must be the most, well, hopefully that's the most listened to podcast of all time. <laughs> but maybe it's not <laughs> anyway it's all explained there um you can email this part of the podcast directly as well so please do twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at icloud.com or you can use the hashtag twitterkers on twitter just don't explain what it refers to because this is a secret club for only those who discover it um and i did have one tweet that i was just going to share it was from a little while but i'm still trying to catch up hence why there's no um Hence why there's no pun pun updates here. Um, but the one tweet I have, which was here, and um, I appear to have lost the search, which is why I'm just stalling while I just find it. But it was from James Hotchkiss. And it simply said, it simply said, Snowy Cotty. Snowy Cotty. I mean, <laughs> 
Uh, it was a wintry. long build-up for that, and it <laughs> I'm not sure Delivered. it warranted how <gasps> <long>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I, because because you mentioned James Hotchkiss, and I feel like I've done the dirty on him there. He did, he did give us a comment, uh, comment at eight twenty two. Sorry for those yeah. listening. This is not great that we're just referring to random times. No, but, it's the way um, I can find it though. Eight twenty two. Give me a second. He, he has given us a potential topic for Twitterkiss, and thank God he has. <laughs> thank you, James. After a long-awaited win, what superstitions do people have? following that in following that in the hope that it helps That's... keep the run going same pair of socks brackets washed the next match for me what a brilliant question james <laughs> superb i was always up for this i mean i when i used to go i used to have a i used to buy a finger of fudge or it was a chomp but it used to change <laughs> so if it would depend on the result and then there was one period where i had to break the fudge in half before i opened it and then I would have it at half time. So quite what oh, that meant wow. for the first half scoreline, I don't know. But what a weirdo! I mean, that is pretty. Not that's James, weird, isn't it? You. No, me, you. me. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like James, James taking enough for one pod. Um, James somewhere. <laughs> I mean, Maddie, do you have any superstitions? Um. Well, to be honest, I've written about this before, but I have OCD, you know. So not to bring it down to a sour note, but. The, the football is the one time where I try not to engage in any superstitions, <laughs> but there are a lot of things that I did really differently this Saturday than I normally do. I mean, flag wise, everything went really, really well. And I sort of <laughs> get a good feeling about the football because the flags, I mean, you were with us, Michael, once, and you know, it never goes well. And it just, <laughs> we were finished really early. We had to go outside and come back in again. Normally we just buzz ourselves in and, you know, we were able to sit around the bar for ages. So I think one thing I'm going to do is try and make sure that we finish the flags before the turnstiles open, because we never do that. We did it and we won. And then another Mm. is when I'm doing flags, the flags are pretty grotty. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't like to say this too publicly, (laughs) but they are gross. So you've got to wear your worst clothing possible. So I'm not wearing my brand spanking new Jakob Sørensen shirt to do the flags. So, in the Barclay Bar, I put my Sørensen shirt on over the T-shirt I was wearing rather than take the T-shirt off and go into the toilet to get changed. And I never do that. So I think next time it's going to be Sørensen shirt over dirty flag T-shirt because I mean, we've reached a new height of, of fashion. Can, can I fantastic. can I ask what what tends to go like what goes wrong when you're putting the flags out? What's like the worst thing that's happened or is it just always there's always something? Back in the day, they used to not let us in. So I'm not sure whether it was Michael who was with us or Tom Smith who was with us, but we had someone with us and we showed them that we have to break into the stadium. So back when it wasn't as COVID secure, we just had to like pick the lock on the gate and break in and just start. And all the stewards were expecting us, but the club didn't know that we were having to break into the ground to get in. And so a lot of the times they're not expecting us. So we have to spend like 30 minutes getting you know regulated and stuff. And then there were, there were a lot of, problems to begin with with the flags you know our flag cupboard which is located in the men's toilets in the Barclay which is delightful in itself would often be locked. so we spent like half an hour chasing stewards around to try and get the keys by which point everyone would be there and I, I think this is when Michael was there that we got a surfer out spent half an hour getting a surfer out and it was either upside down or it yeah, was the wrong, it was the wrong way round it was the wrong <laughs> or that might have been the wrong way wrong way I can't <laughs> and we all just sort of went Oh, and I had to go back and do it again. So, yeah, things – I mean, I am now in charge of the flags, and that was my first game as as head of flags for a long-come Norwich. So I think I'm heralding in the new era of flag success and football success. So now that I'm in charge, things aren't going to go wrong anymore. This is, <laughs> this is brilliant. They do look here, great. Here. They do yeah. look great. And I, I appreciate remember... them even more now. 
Exactly. And the, the, the surfers, I think, storing them so they weren't all wet and things like that was, was an issue in teens. We won't get stuck into all of this. because they're, they're dead we, now. We haven't seen the surfers. No, we, it's not really a COVID-friendly environment, I well, suppose. It's, it's not to do with COVID. It's the fact that for 18 months they were stored in a puddle. So one of one of them is mouldy. A couple of you know they rotten. It. It's not. It's not fantastic. But yeah, that's a shame. That <laughs> is a big shame. Kill me if I go into into the flag secrets. <laughs> Before he gets the chance, uh, we have another uh, superstition from Tom King. Uh, so uh, make your way down to the bottom of the comments, go Michael. Um, okay, I've got you. Go on. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I have both a green pair and a yellow pair of boxes. I wear the greens the day before a game. I live in New Zealand. I don't know if that's. That's relevant to what <laughs> colour boxes you can wear, but uh, and the yellows whilst I watch the game in the wee small hours the following day. Oh, okay, so it is. Yeah, it's relevant then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, because he's wearing he's wearing his green sense. boxes during the day because he's yeah. got a full day before we kick off. Then you know he's getting ready for bed. He's going to get up at two o'clock or whatever to watch the uh, game, and then he's in his yellows. It was yeah, all added was... to the narrative. So called uh, him out before good. you even finish reading it. That's... I know it's it's the oh. worst. This this is <laughs> why I shouldn't be allowed to host these Brutal. things. Really, really, <laughs> I'm far too rude to the people that actually yeah, you know contribute. Absolutely. We're sorry, Tom. It's, sorry, it's important that we know where you it live, a, and it was a good superstition as well. It was a brilliant one. Um, I mean, I was on Football Focus on Saturday. Oh, we there we go. <laughs> do I have to one hour and eight minutes? Oh, my God, you on Football Focus? <laughs> do I have to no. try? Do I have that, to bring that? You know, do I, I mean, I didn't get paid to do it. Do I have to sort of? <laughs> no, I'd need to. I need to organise them to. Be, I don't think they're going to want to be live there every home game. It's going to be very awkward. I think it's going to uh, happen. Would you do it again? Yeah, I tend to say yes whenever anyone asks me to do anything, <laughs> if I can. <laughs> That's a true, um, true fact. That is the first time I've been. The first time I've been on Football Focus, though, it's quite exciting. I was, wow. I was genuinely excited. I've not been. Well, it on seems Football like the right up your street. And I met yeah. Conor McNamara, and he's a lovely guy. Looked exactly the same as someone I used to go to school with, which is a bit. He doesn't look like I thought he would look. He's he's great, though, isn't he? He's good. He's, he's got good a very good beard. He's a handsome man, um, and very and lovely to speak to. So that was good. That was nice. Yeah. So there we go. I don't, I, th- um, I don't think that's going to work as a superstition, though. Uh, Norwich are going to have to come up with it themselves, I think. What, Michael Bailey goes on Football Focus? Yeah, before... I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. I mean, that was a changing routine, but I can't do that now. Yeah, I think the BBC would have to be ever so accommodating. Although, if they're making that many cuts and you're going on for free, then maybe they will ask you more often. You never True. know. Good point. And Norwich I think is probably lovely. impressed. We want to come down and visit. Exactly. You know, Magnamara is probably having a you know, jolly nice time here. Yeah, Although, it's true. I took a lovely break from flagging, you know, to check check Twitter. All of my tweets are, Michael Bailey's on Football Focus. Michael Bailey's on Football okay. Focus. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, well, all three of them. Uh, let's move on from my appearance on Football Focus. Uh, um, uh, oh, let's go. Ross has just thrown it. What's this? Do you, do you still think Hanley should be dropped, MB? Did I say he should have been? Did oh, I say that? Do I remember you saying when it on did this I say podcast? That? Maybe you said it on Football Focus. <laughs> no, no, I was suitably uh, anodyne on football focus. No, no <laughs> issues. Um, I did. I said that's straight. Oh, well, you said you did. Ross is saying yes. yes. <laughs> so Come on, Mike, um, you've got to you've got to back the back these opinions up. You, know, but you definitely you said. said. I, I would need to, Ross. You're going to need to come back with when I said it and the context of which I said it because I don't know if I'd have just generally said no context. Just came out with should it. be should be dropped. I know he's he's struggling with his shoulder at the moment so he's having injections and every time he goes down he's sort of holding his shoulder so um i hope he's okay but um at the moment i would say hanley and gibson are probably the best center-back pair- pairing uh, ozan kabak seems a 
little bit yeah. unruly at times. <laughs> and Andrew Omabamadeli isn't fit, and, and neither is Christoph Zimmerman. So, yep, I would uh, agree. I, I, I maybe did like Jakob playing there, Jakob Sernsen, but um, <laughs> maybe more in a three. So, yep, I agree. Okay, I think no, all the people no. having a go at Grant Hanley should uh, lay off him. Michael, <laughs> there we go. yeah, <laughs> but you know, I do say a lot, Ross. So, I I'm just <laughs> just please be gentle on with me, with me if I've said something that um didn't actually stick. Um, right. In that case, I can't think of anything else. Is there any other business? I just wanted to ask a quick question, and this is a little bit of a, you know, like your football focus clang drop. This is a bit like, um, so I had a five pound free bet and I put it at the weekend and I put it on 2-2. The game's finished 2-2. Oh. Um, so I, I obviously, obviously I wanted, you know, I didn't want us to concede, but I would have won 90 pounds if we had, which would have been nice. Um, <laughs> so nice consolation prize. So maybe one for next week. I'm not opening it up now because, you know, we've, we've gone on for long enough. But um, has anyone ever like massively profited from a goal that we've conceded or a defeat that we've had somehow because of a, a bet they put on? I would be interested to know that because um, I reckon somebody must have done. We're not promoting gambling on this podcast, but you Absolutely know. Not. There's, I just if if there's any good stories out there, I would be genuinely interested to know because I do like that sort of thing. Absolutely, and and then how you reacted, you know? When yeah, you're exactly. Standing, jumping in the Barclay, going yes, seven thousand yeah. pounds. <laughs> what amount of money would like if Norwich conceded a last minute equaliser? Would you jump up in the lower end of at the lower Barclay? Uh, and this if is you the point. We, we can, grand. That is we a brilliant put, question. We can put a financial value on people's support of Norwich, can't we? Because there's a, there'll be a value where people go. Don't say oh, that. No, that's that's be all it. over it. That's you say it. things like that, I can hear Stuart Webber going like this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good money. It's all good money. Um, uh, I'm just going to round off with uh, Ross Mastin, who come back comes back and says, "Enjoying the show. Thanks, Ross. Great to have you." Oh, and I think job. in that case. Uh, we're done. Uh, that is our Kenny other business. Um, please bet responsibly. Um, and I think in that case, uh, Steve, it's been a pleasure. Maddie, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us both. And if I can ask everyone to say goodbye on three, then um, we will say goodbye on one, two, three. Bye. Goodbye. See, they absolutely nailed that. How about that? Uh, and with that, we are done. Uh, remember to get in touch uh, by sending a tweet uh, with the hashtag Twitterkers, or you can email us directly to wit's end with, with an email to twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at icloud.com until next time that's a wrap <laughs>